pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 150. Today I'm going to chat with Jacob Herman, discuss the latest ploy from the anti-gun grabbers, highlight the product Cool Trainer, and talk about a guy who took paragliding to the next level. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Jacob, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on. Of course. What's new? Have you been affected much by the whole coronavirus? We quarantined really hard right in the beginning. Like, I've been a prepper for years. I was super, I was like, this is it. You're like, this, this is, is why I have all this crap. You're like, yeah, I've been like, waiting my here. entire life for this. Yeah. So we pulled out the gas mask. I got out the good bullets, right? Like, you know, hell like yeah. Mom get out the good, the good, uh, <laughs> the, the good plate. I got out my good bullets, loaded everything up. Uh, we, it was like a military operation around here. Like I pulled out my military manuals on decontamination. We washed in, washed out gloves you know i had gasoline ready for the truck if we needed a bug out and we had a gasoline powered stove and rice stacked up and like ready to rock and roll right like we were wearing full i worked went to kroger in a full respirator not a mask a respirator nice right safety goggles respirator on like like put stuff in trash bags sit it outside the whole deal did anybody ask if they could take a picture with you no, I did not have the look of a person you spoke to. Oh, okay. And did then it just didn't happen. And we were talking about bummed. it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I was pretty ready as well. So um, I've, we've been traveling. We were in the Florida Keys. Like Allie and I went down to my, my girlfriend, Allie, and I went down to the Keys with some of our friends like week before last. Had a blast down there. I've uh, been to Montana. We've been to Utah. Allie actually left midway through the pandemic and went to Montana to hang out with her sisters. They were all like, having a family reunion. So uh, <laughs> nice. I mostly, I mostly then after we realized it wasn't the end of the world, I just hung out here, played a lot of PlayStation, you know, yeah. all those good things. Sh- shot a lot of guns. It was all good in the hood. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, speaking of guns, man or arms. If you guys haven't checked out the bullpup kit for the Scorpion Evo carbine, you should do so. It's um, on the CZ website. I did actually, I was looking for it last night and I did have a hard time finding the actual product on CZ's website. Not really sure why I did a search for it, but it is on there. Just do a search. It's $399, but you can easily turn your Scorpion Evo carbine into a bullpup and it looks really cool. And Sven just did a really awesome job designing that. Otherwise, head on over to manacorearms.com. Use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off anything on that website. I have some Manicore stuff. It's super cool. It is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for AKs. They make some cool AK stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. All right, now we are going to get into it. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Okay, Jacob. So for listeners who aren't familiar with you, what is it that you do in the firearm industry? I am currently a partner at Strike Group, which is a full service consulting firm within the outdoor space. Uh, Basically, we deal with the hunt fish camp and firearms brands, but we mostly focus on the firearms. Nice. How long has the business been around for? Um, it has been around for a little over 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I just joined and, you know, the, the list of 
of clients is, is pretty deep. We've got some really cool guys that work there. We've, you know, we've got guys that, that work with us that worked at, you know, Colt, Hoyt, uh, Savage, Gunbroker. Uh, two of our biggest current clients that we, we'd help are Blackwater and P80. Uh, we love those guys. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what I do. It's been a long road here, right? Kind of mm-hmm. striking out, striking out on my own and working for, a co- you know, kind of working for myself for the first time instead of working at a company where you just get a paycheck. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. It's super cool, but definitely interesting. Yeah. I can see that. Before we get into all of the jobs that you've had in the past, what got you started in the firearms industry? I, my granddad owned a bait and tackle shop, right? So if you like, and people have heard this story on other podcasts, he owned a bait and tackle shop and I loved the, and it was also a big game checking station. So in Tennessee, when you shot at Critter, you had to check it in with the TWRA. And uh, I love the gun part. I was never a good fisherman. I'm still to this day, a really, really, really horrible fisherman. And I think that was disappointing to my grandpa. But Is there such thing as a good fisherman? What do you do? You, yes, just, you my, wiggle the pole around a certain way and my, then that makes yeah, you... Yeah, so I just fished with a guy that won like $8 million over his career, like a professional bass fisherman. Tournaments, they enter these tournaments. Well, no, I, I understand money. the tournaments, but I, I just don't understand what sets the average fisherman apart from the pros. Um, so, right, I'm no expert, but a lot of it is being able to read the water. Okay. Right. Like you can look at the water and be like, oh man, like this is cloudy and I need to use this color when it's this cold, the fish are this many feet off the bottom. I mean, you're asking something I only know, like (laughs) very little, very little about, right. But I love the gun stuff. I love shooting. And I didn't know that you could make a career out of guns. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, when I and when I got to co- I'd worked at some gun stores in high school. And when I got to college, I ended up working at the Outpost Armory, which is the biggest gun store in the state of Tennessee. It's owned by Chris Barrett, who actually turned in one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And but I worked at his gun store when I was in college. That's been 15, 16 years ago now, but had a blast. Right. I'm like, this is awesome. And uh, once again, I love guns. Right. So this is cool. And, um, it fit in really well with my lifestyle there at the frat house when I was in college. So that worked really, really great. And when I got out, I tried to do some other stuff and thought I was going to be a lawyer. And I was like, well, this sucks. And I went to work at the NRA. (laughs) Right. So I worked at the NRA. Uh Um, that was, that that was miserable. I'm not, I'm not very good at, you know, bipartisanship. I pretty much think that I like guns. And if you don't like guns, screw off. Yeah. What kind of work did you do at the NRA? I worked in Isla, the political okay. side, and that was not like they were like, "Oh man, you're a little right wing." And I was like, "How do you be too right wing for the NRA?" Right. Like, I took my own gas mask to work. I thought that was normal. Hmm. And how long were you with the NRA? I was there a year, and okay. I lived in DC, and it was like it was miserable. Gotcha. Um, living in living in DC or Northern Virginia. Yeah. And so you know, worked there, and then left there, and went to a couple of different brands, and uh, ended up. Uh, down in Baton Rouge working for a now defunct uh, place that had a TV show, right? And <laughs> on Sons of Guns. It was really interesting. It was a really interesting time. And that was a lot of fun. Met a lot of people. Went from there to an ammo company um, that I will not mention because we did not work in good good terms. But I learned a lot about the ammo business and I ended up at Century Arms, which was huge, right? I was like 20, 27, 28 years old. And mm-hmm. 
super excited to have my first big boy job and like real money coming in. And I was living in South Florida and, and what selling was, AK-47s. And that's the greatest thing in the world. Is that what your position was as salesman? No, I was director of business development. Okay. Right. So like, but really I sold, we sold AK-47s. That was like, mm-hmm. that was the gig. It was cool, man. Like being able to like, people be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I sell more AK-47s than anybody else in the world. Is that true with Century Arms? Yeah, so so if you think about it, right, like we were selling like 150,000 AKs a year. Well, outside of like a communist country, nobody makes that many. We don't know how many China makes, right? But really, as far as selling them, it wasn't like you were like selling shotguns or something. There wasn't that many people in the space. Not everybody makes an AK. So mm-hmm. it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, we sold, we sold more than anybody else. It was a great gig. Nice. And then from Century, where did you go? I went to, um, I left Century and went to, had a recruiter call one day and I was just in the mood and I went to Night Vision and was there for three years and they make Tritium sites as director, director of sales and marketing there. Really cool gig. Um, it, you know, it was a startup, so it was even super cool, right? So you got to like really go through the whole thing. And that was a lot of fun. Sold sites, made really good, a really good product that was a really great price and, it was kind of an accessory. And so far in my journey, I had been, you know, mainly selling guns mm-hmm. and guns are cool. People like guns. It's easy to sell a gun, especially if it looks cool. Right. And so that was my first journey in the accessory business. And so I learned a lot. Um, people don't get as excited about tritium night sites. As they do AK 47s. Yeah. But tritium is definitely kind of interesting to me. For one, it's basically a chemical that requires, I've got to believe, quite a bit of paperwork to even deal with it to manufacture sites that have tritium in them, correct? A hundred percent. Yeah, there's a lot of rules and regulations about it. What is that like? Can you kind of walk me through that Uh, process? You have to get a, what they call nuclear regulatory license Mm -hmm. to be able to import it and handle it because it is radioactive and you got to have a clean room and do all this testing and um, you know, when I first got there, it was like on the door of the bathroom, there was a sign that was like, you know, make sure to turn in your, your, your urine samples. And I'm like, I was like, do you guys have a big drug problem with employee? <laughs> and they're like, no, no, that's for your radiation testing. And I'm like, oh, I'd rather have a, like the other, let's go back to the other without radiation. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Cause I grew up watching like sci-fi movies. I'm like, am I going to grow a third eyeball? Like the fish on the Simpsons, mm-hmm. but no, it's super safe. It's, it's a really cool process. Um, there's only five or six people in the U S that can import and handle tritium, right? Cause it mo- all the tritium used in commercial products, Trigicon, excess night vision, high vis and some, one other person, they all get their tritium overseas because there's no way to make it here due to regulations, right? You can't just have uranium in your facility. Mm-hmm. Not really how it works. So it comes from overseas and then it's put in a little vial and gassed up and the gas spins, the, the molecules in the gas spin and ignite a luminescent material. And that's what makes it glow. Interesting. This might be a stupid question, but it's not activated right. from the sun or any sort of light. No, no. Okay. So tritium is radioactive. It's a gas. Okay. And you put it in a vial and you pack like, luminescent material in it and as the gas spins under pressure uh it kicks up the luminescent material and we're talking like tiny tiny particle and that's what makes it glow interesting because i know that there's a lot of people that wonder if they have their guns in safes and it's not exposed to any light are there 
their night sight's going to work. And, and so well, there are night sights that glow, uh-huh. right? That you have to like charge. Yeah. Like those stars you stuck on your ceiling. Exactly. But that's not what Trudy does. No, it okay. just glows all the time. So it's tritium. glowing in your gun safe, even if you don't see it. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. It's radioactive. So that was super cool. Uh, worked, worked there for, um, like three years, you know, start up, learned a business, learned a whole new side of the outdoor business. You know, I'd been in the TV side and we'd done, you know, t-shirts to Academy, you know, by the truckload when we had the TV show and worked at Century and dealt with ammo and import export regulations, and how to sell guns to foreign countries legally. And, um, then I, you know, sold night site. And then I was there for three years and I left and went to, went to strike group where, you know, we help companies with their sales, marketing, engineering. It's super cool because I get to like, I don't have to like just sell one thing. I can sell a lot of things and get to touch a lot of different parts of the industry. And obviously it makes me a lot happier, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah, I can understand that. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about SB Tactical real quick. Are you familiar with SB Tactical's products? I have a great story about that. Okay, tell it. So I worked at a place, and they called. The guy called. Cannot remember his name. He's a really awesome guy, but and I see him at Shot Show every year. And he said, I have this idea for an arm brace. And I was working at a company, and and he was like, what it is, is it's a brace, and you, it's not a stock. It's you know, it's to help with people that maybe only have one one arm, and they want to you know be able to stabilize their pistol, the stabilizing brace. And I was like, man, that's a really great idea. And the company I was working for at the time, and I, I won't say which one, the guy that ran it and owned it said, that's stupid. He goes, that's that's dumb. We would never sell that. This is not something we want to be involved with. So the next year at SHOT Show, I took him over and showed him the big banner from the sky that Six Hour had with the brace on it, the arm brace. And I told him how many they sold. And to this day, uh, when you know those guys that own SB are really into into fast cars, mm-hmm. right? It's on their Instagram page. They're really into like Ferraris and beautiful cars. Every time they get a new car, I take a screenshot and send it to this guy and be like, that could be us, but you chose, you made a really yeah. bad choice. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that guy's kicking himself in the ass. Oh, yeah. yeah, he gets super butthurt about it too, but it's really funny. I remind him, this has been now, that's been over, t- that's been 10 years ago. That's when, you know, SB wasn't a thing. It was just like the guy had an idea for an arm brace. Mm-hmm. I still give this guy that I worked for crap because I was like, you know, you made a really, really poor life choice. <laughs> and he still gets really upset every time I bring it up. Oh, I know. I would be too. Man, I wouldn't even have to be working right now. SB definitely has changed the entire industry. There's other companies that make braces, but they're definitely not as good. They don't look as good. They don't feel as good. Operate. All Are there stuff. other people that make braces? There's, there's a few, but they're not uh, good looking. No, they, when people are like, when you see those bullshit Oh man, I cussed on your show. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you I... see those uh, uh, like press releases or like game changer, right? They're, you're not, but Ed, the, Ed, the brace was that was mm-hmm. a true game changer, Absolutely. right? Like that had never been done before type deal, yep. and uh, you know they took it to the mat and made it work. And those guys are Alex is just great, man. Mm-hmm. I I've known Alex for years, and mm-hmm. at Century we sold all the M92s and Dracos and we had a brace option. It was awesome. It changed the whole perception of the, the heavy pistol Mm -hmm. category because then you could brace it, you know, you could brace it up on your arm or however you wanted to use your brace, but it really changed that whole thing. And it's spawned. They've spawned an, 
entire those dudes single handedly created a product at SB Tactical yeah. that spawned an entire new segment of our industry. Mm-hmm. I agree. They need like an award. Like when they're passing out them awards at Shop Show to, you know, really the awards work like who advertised the most. Yeah, exactly. You get an award. They should give them dudes the award. Yeah. I know those yeah. awards are kind of BS. It is really who who spent the most money with what retail I, the and stuff. The last one I participated in, I asked the president of the company put it on. I said, "How much do I have to advertise to win an award?" And he goes, "That's not how it works." I'm like, That's <laughs> "Okay, BS. yeah, yeah." Uh, were you going to do an advertisement? Yeah, I was, and then you just went off on this huge tangent. No, it was actually it was good, but in fact, even the AK pistols. I think that the FS-1913, that looks so good on, I have the Draco, and I have that brace on it, and it looks freaking amazing. It's also a nice upgrade for the SIG MPX, the MCX. But yeah, at this point, they're making braces for all kinds of guns out there. So definitely check it out. Head on over to sb-tactical.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off. Okay, so I want to touch base with you about import and export. So you worked with ammo, same with Sentry that you guys were importing a lot of stuff. Can you kind of just tell me sort of what's involved with that? Yeah, so when you're talking, like, okay, so you know when you go to the store, like Wolf, right? Like Wolf ammo or Red Army Standard ammo or Norma, even a lot of Norma stuff. And the ammo that IMI brings in, the Israeli stuff, it's all got to be imported. Mm Mm-hmm. And how that works is you just can't order it, and they don't like put it in the, the mail, yeah. right, and ship it to you. So you've got to go through a ton of processes, and this both works for import and export, right? Like, so it's a little different if you're sending something out of the country, but to import, you have to file for a permit with ATF. Like, hey, I'd like to import three million rounds of seven six two by thirty nine from, uh, I don't know, pick a country like Romania. Mm-hmm. And so you got to get that approved before you can import it. And so, like, there have been cases where people would pay for ammo overseas. Like, like if somebody was like, I'm going to be in the ammo business. And they just write a check, and then they figure out they can't import ammunition from that country. Like, we can't import ammunition from um, what country? Like, we can't import ammunition from China. I don't think we can import some ammo from Russia anymore. There's a list of countries because they've done other stuff. And some pencil pusher somewhere would be like, oh, well, well, we're going to add them. They can't sell Americans ammunition anymore. Even though sporting ammunition is like a punishment for something else they did. Hmm, interesting. I just assumed that maybe the quality, especially if it's from China, the ammunition, maybe it only works, you know, 50% of the time. No, <laughs> like the Chinese make really good ammo. So if you think about it, a majority of ammo sold in this country is ball ammunition of the lowest grade, right? Mm-hmm. So we want it the cheapest we want as much as we can get for the cheapest price. Mm-hmm. And so nobody really cares where it comes from. Right? It's just they want the cheapest stuff. So like Wolf and all these like steel case, it's great. Like especially in the AK, like 762 by 39 steel case ammo. It's the same stuff they issue militaries all over the world. That's, you know, mm-hmm. nobody really. Quality is not in most people's minds when it comes to ammunition outside of hunting ammo. I mean, look at the guns sold in America. Like, a lot of those wouldn't even be considered quality. Yeah. So, no, and the same thing goes for guns. Importing guns is a huge pain in the ass. Um, when you when you import it, it's got to fall under all these regulations and rules, right? So, like, 
to import an AK, you can't just import an AK. It's got to be imported like a thumbhole stock and be a sporting rifle. And it has a, a 10 round magazine and you have to manually with a CNC, once it gets to America, you have to open that up. Right. So you have to be able to make it take a 30 rounder, change the stock out and put 922 compliance parts on it. So years ago, the government came up with this crazy stuff called 922 compliance. So it has to have X amount of U.S. parts in it before it can be imported or mm-hmm. sold to the sold to the public. Yeah, it's crazy. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it does. I talked to Jeremy from IWI about it, and he said the exact same thing. And it's just you pretty know nice. that Jeremy was my roommate. I didn't. Years. I knew you guys were friends, but no, we lived together in South Florida for three years. It was the greatest time ever. I don't think he would say the same thing. Yeah, probably not. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm surprised he survived. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. It was great. Were you guys in he, college uh, together or what? No, I, he is from Florida and we both like Florida and I was working for Century and he was working for Armalite. A strategic armory corporation. Mm-hmm. He could live anywhere he wanted to. So we had a house in Delray Beach. It mm-hmm. was great. I mean, this, I mean, that was a spot. It was super legit. I feel like you would be really difficult to live with, especially for me because I'm a clean freak. So I feel like you'd be extremely messy. You're definitely not the type to even wash dishes. They're piling up for weeks. And finally, I break down and I'm just, all right, I'll just wash them because I'm tired of looking at them, which was your plan all along. And then you probably party a lot. You probably have you get drunk every night. That's what I would envision. And then Jeremy's over here trying to study, trying to find ways how he could be the best marketing person ever. And you're right. just you're just over there just living your best life. We when we were in Florida, we lived our best life for sure. Um <laughs> I had a blast. We didn't have we didn't cook that much, so there weren't that many dishes. Yeah. Um interesting enough, we ate out mostly. That's kind of the, what you do in South Florida. There's some great food in Delray. Mm-hmm. Um interestingly enough. I am the chief of the dishes here in our house. Hmm. So usually I'm the first one up, right? So I get up and I change the dishwasher out and put that bad boy back on. Um, we did have a little bit of a thing when my girlfriend moved in. She wanted all the dishes to be the same color, which I still don't understand. Like I had had some of those plates since I lived in oh, the no. house. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Those they, need to go to Goodwill. Those were, they were, I'd eaten a lot of good food off those plates. It doesn't so matter though. You got to be an adult and you got to have matching plates cups all the stuff yeah that's what that's what i've been trained yeah so we have this really cool white china um but i'm in charge of i do most of the dishes it's uh that's kind of what a task that i've taken on myself get up change the dishwasher out and walk the dog that's my morning kind of morning routine i'm glad that you're starting to become an adult good job right i don't like you know the other thing is the dishwasher is super annoying right like i remember all those commercials when i was little like watching tv and It'd be like, you know, if you change this dishwashing liquid, it'll get all the food off. That is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. They have lied to me because I have bought them all. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the Swiffer. Yeah. That's that's also a lie. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, I know. No, it my floor doesn't look shiny. Yeah, like, sometimes gotta... I come in with stuff from the store and my girlfriend just laughs. She's like, you know, that doesn't work. And I'm like, but the box says it does. I'm you're a like, marketing guy. You're right? like, like, it says as seen on TV, it's got to work. Right. A hundred percent. I'm all about that. Yeah, that makes sense. I got into the point where I invested in a steam mop. Those things work pretty well. Nice. Yeah. Does it work? It does. Nice. Yeah. Definitely better than the Swiffer. But once again, I'm kind of a clean freak slash germaphobe. So if I steam my floors, I just feel like it just gets more of the bacteria and stuff off as well, as well as making it shine. So yeah. I want to go back to the NRA. 
So what are your thoughts on the current state of affairs with the NRA board right now? Um, You know, so a lot of people ask me that, right? Because I'm like super pro NRA. Yeah. Right. Like I am, I am, I am pro NRA. And here's the first thing. If you aren't a life member of the NRA, you are real relatively supporting anti-gunners. Like there are people in our industry that are not life members of the NRA. And I cannot fathom that they're allowed to be employed in our industry. Like it's BS, right? Like people, the other side of it is all these guys on the internet that whine and cry about the NRA. They're not members. So you're bitching about an organization that you're not a member of. So how do you do that? How do you complain about something that you've not taken part in? You voluntarily chose to not take part in, but you're upset what the decisions other people that are members are making. Mm-hmm. That's the number one thing. If you're not a life member and you don't go vote, you don't get a you don't get to voice your opinion. Well, your opinion about the NRA doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not a life member. I've been a member for long enough where I can vote, but right. I didn't renew my membership this year because I'm kind of but honestly just that's BS. Well, that's that's because you've listened to people that really don't know what they're talking about. No, I think that also when that whole Ackerman McQueen thing came out and you realize what the NRA is spending a lot of the money on, and it's not really going towards the good fight. It's going towards clothes, hotels, stuff like that. It kind of just, I don't know. I agree that the NRA, out of all of the organizations out there, the NRA is definitely the biggest. They have the most impact on preserving our rights. I just feel like they're not working as hard as they have in the past. I will tell you that you are wrong. Okay. Like you're wrong. One, you're wrong for not being a member. You're <laughs> yours like honestly, that's BS, right? Like you are 100% wrong and anybody that listens to this, if you're not a member of the NRA, you're wrong. Okay. And here's but... how I can say that. Mm-hmm. Here's how I can say that. I'm a life member of GOA. I'm a life member of the Second Amendment Foundation. I'm a life member of NRA. I'm a life member of SCI. I'm a life member of Wild Sheep Foundation. Right? I'm even in the British Association of Shooting and Conservation. Right. I participate in all of them. Not only do I participate, but I donate to their PACs, their political action funds. So most people don't understand how any of these organizations work. And that's the problem. We've not done a good job explaining what each group does. And we've not done a good job of explaining what each group within those organizations do. So here's one of the main points. Joe Biden hasn't said anything on TV about gun owners of America. He does not say GOA or FPC or Second Amendment Foundation when he's talking about gun gun control. He only talks about the NRA because the NRA has millions of members mm-hmm. that donate and vote, right? Well, not only that, but if you look at FPC, GOA, and what they've done and the cases that they've won, it's very small. So they're not right. even really much of a threat to... Well, the other thing is NRA's funded a lot of stuff for Second Amendment Foundation. Right. Like the like people have such short memories. Fifteen years ago, you couldn't buy a handgun in suburbs of Chicago. The NRA spent 20 million dollars fighting that where those towns could buy a handgun. Twenty million dollars. Right. Nobody remembers that. The Heller D.C. case, millions of dollars in legal research 
And people are like, the NRA doesn't do anything for me. That's bullshit. You can travel with a, a gun in this country because of the NRA. But that was 15 like, years Heller, ago. So this is work so that they did well over a decade ago. Well, we're, we go back to when you when people gripe about the NRA, right? Mm-hmm. They bring up the Firearms Owner Protection Act, which is how we got the machine gun ban. The Bomber McClure uh, Amendment, the Hughes Amendment, right? Mm-hmm. That ban that manufacturing machine guns. In 1989, most people didn't care about machine guns. If you look at, most people were bird hunters and shotgun shooters and rifle shooters, like bolt action. In this country, if your plane was diverted, say you got on a plane in Denver and you were flying to Nashville and you were bringing your guns to shoot at Rock Castle and your plane got diverted because of a storm or a mechanical issue and it landed in Kansas City. When you landed in Kansas City, if your guns were illegal in Kansas City, you'd be arrested off the plane. It didn't matter that you didn't want to be there. And that happened all the time. Guys going to their hunting camp, there's all these local ordinances. So NRA did that, but people forget, right? They want to blame, you know, the NRA for all the little stuff. The other thing is, here in Tennessee, we're fighting for constitutional carry right now, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're in a fight to get permitless carry, however you want to call it. NRA wrote the bill. When I went to the state capitol for the committee meeting, NRA, an NRA paid lobbyist was there. The NRA paid lobbyist wrote the bill. He's working with the senators to get that passed. We have a lobbyist here in the state of Tennessee that's paid by the NRA to work on gun issues. No other gun group has a lobbyist, right? Mm -hmm. No other gun group has a PAC. They They don't have the money to do it, right? So in Colorado, you have a lobbyist. That is in that is wherever your capital. What is it, Colorado City, Carson City, or what's your capital Denver. in Colorado? Is it Denver? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a lobbyist that's in Denver that covers your state. He's an NRA employee, right? If you choose not to participate and go to the committees and work with that guy, to, what can I do to help this bill get passed? That's on you. Mm-hmm. Which I'll agree right. with. But what are your thoughts then on Wayne Lapierre? Uh, Wayne's had a long, hard fight, right? And here's the deal. Once again, we're we're nitpicking over stuff. Yeah, did Wayne buy some suits? Absolutely. But most people don't understand how much it costs to do this stuff, right? And I'll give you an example. When I worked at NRA and we would go to these college debates, right? Like we would go to George Mason University and we would there would be gun control debates. Like why do you need an AR-15? And Brady campaigned would send a guy, Colin Goddard, um, who's an anti-gunner. He wants to take away your civil rights. They would send him there, and he had a $200 haircut, he had a fitted suit, and he had Prada loafers on. But really, he looked like he stepped out of a GQ magazine. Mm-hmm. That resonates with people. In our culture, that resonates, right? Like, that's there's a look. Like, if you see somebody that looks like a slob, and then you see somebody well-dressed, we are much, like more attracted or to listen to the well-dressed person. That's our society, Right. Suits are expensive. I don't know what Wayne spent on suits. In the big scheme of things, Wayne needs to wear a suit. He needs to look good. And he's going into meetings with the UN and going into fundraisers where he needs to look good. And I, did he spend too much? I don't know. Probably so. But at the end of the day, Joe Biden is talking about taking the fight to the NRA. He's not talking about taking the fight to the GOA. He's not talking about taking the fight to Fire Policy Coalition. And you should be a member of all those, Right. But being in the NRA and voting is what makes differences. So what you're saying is, I don't like the NRA. It's the only real group that's fighting for my gun rights, but I choose not to be a member. Well, you're letting somebody else carry your water. 
What do you think about the current board members? I know that there's a lot of board members that left. There's a couple of guys that quit, right? And I, a few of those guys are my really good friends, right? Like, um, like I, I talk to them on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And when they were like, I'm resigning from the board, I was like, a little bit was like, same thing. Like, that's, that's kind of BS, right? You chose to get off the train. You didn't like where the train was going. It's the only train we've got. You chose to get off. Like, this is it. This is our But train. I think that it's come to a people. point where they don't really have a lot of control over it. Even if you are a board member, there's not, what is there, like 77 seats on the board. And, right. and even if people are all for something, it's not making any changes. It's kind of become sort of corrupt. Um, maybe, right? But you're not a member, so you don't get to have an opinion. You don't vote, so you don't get to, you don't, it's a membership-driven organization. It's not a public group. So you don't vote. You chose not to renew your membership, so you're a non-voting member. So who's on the board, who's not on the board, is none of your concern. Really, when you think about it like that, like, unless you vote, then you don't get to say anything about the board because you didn't vote for the board. I did vote for the board. You said you, you didn't renew. I didn't renew this year, but I was able to vote for the board. So you won't be able to vote next year, though? I won't, no. Right. And it was it so. was a decision. And I will say last year, I renewed just because I wanted to keep my voting rights. But I've gotten to the point where unless Wayne goes or things start to change, I just don't want to give them any more money. Right. Well, you weren't really giving them money. You were paying $35 a year, right? Like, <laughs> But there's millions of NRA supporters. But how much did you donate to the PAC last year? How much did you donate to Isla's Political Action Fund to see that we work and get elected pro-gun candidates? None. None. And that's where the real money comes in. Like your $35 a year membership pays for your magazine article and the pays for people to go out and train police officers in the Eddie Eagle safety program. Right. And yeah, you could, you could look at it like that. But like I said, there's millions of members. So if we all draw back until something changes... Even if it is only a dollar, thirty dollars, whatever, it's still times millions is still quite a bit of money. So there's there's four or five hundred employees at NRA, right? And there's all these different groups like Eddie Eagle. There's the police, you know, that help the police departments. There's range insurance, right? There's whole <laughs> deals that deal with just ranges and insurance. But here's the other thing: if we all pull back, if we all pull back, then we're going to have AR-15s banned. And we're going to have gun control in this country, right, if we all pull back. So what you're saying is, I'm not going to be a member of NRA if something really bad happens, like they ban AR-15s and I'll join it. Hmm. Okay. Let me think about it. Like, they're out there fighting every day, regardless of how you feel about it. There are NRA lobbyists every day fighting on the ground. And I appreciate that. And I know that those individuals have nothing to do with the overall bigger picture. They're just doing their job. They're passionate about preserving the rights. It's just really the top of the pyramid that's kind of affecting, I think, everything else. Are you a, are you a member of GOA? I am. Are you a member of Second Amendment Foundation? No. Have you donated to Gun Owners of America's PAC? I don't think so, no. So... So really and honestly, you're not very participatory in your processes of keeping your gun rights. 
Uh, that's not true because I do write to a lot of House representatives and take action. I'd like to think that I have a lot of people on the show that that kind of inform people of what's going on if they don't take it upon themselves to inform themselves. Right. So what I the way I look at it as media and marketing, right? A lot of people kind of look at NRA and GOA and like, what can these groups do for me? Like one of the really big YouTubers that kind of went anti NRA, it's because NRA wouldn't pay him. I know that he went to he went up to he went up to Virginia and was like, hey, I want you to sponsor my show for like a hundred k, and they're like, we're not sponsoring your internet show. Like, we can't give you money to sponsor something to tell people to join the NRA, right? Like, it's our duty to do as much as we can, mm-hmm. right? Like, like really, you could donate to Isla, and you don't have to be a member. You could donate 25 bucks to ILA this year. You don't have to be a member to donate to the Institute for Legislative Action, which is that guy that's in Denver fighting for your rights every day with the state legislators, right? To prevent, you know, handgun bans or carry bans or lead ammunition bans, right? That's that guy's there every day. He gets his paycheck from NRA ILA. Mm-hmm. You can donate to that to help support that cause. So you don't want to be a member and you don't want to get the magazine. That's fine, right? That's your right but you can still support that guy that's fighting for your rights. You can call him and say, Hey, how do I volunteer? How do I come to the state Capitol and help you? What can I do to help further my rights? Right. And writing letters is great. Sending emails is great, but we all have to get more active. And here's the other side of it. There's a lot of different gun owners in this country, a lot of different kinds of gun owners, right? There are millions of gun owners that don't care about braces. They don't care about semi-auto automatic binary triggers they don't care about ar-15s right so a lot of times i think that we as more higher end tactical shooters in that lifestyle we kind of forget that we're not the only people out there Mm -hmm. right and to a lot of people their number one concern is a lead ban right can i shoot geese with my shotgun using lead ammunition or, or ducks or whatever you shoot like i'm not that big of a bird hunter, but they want to be able, like in California, you can't hunt with, um, you can't hunt with lead ammunition, right? So those guys want to be able, they want their lobbyists out there, their NRA lobbyists out there fighting the lead ban. And we want them in some state talking about the 80% lowers. And then we want another guy in another state, you know, fighting for constitutional carry. And so there's only so many dollars to go around and they need all the help they can get. Right. And so if you don't like NRA, then join GOA and call them. Hey, where can I volunteer to make an impact? Mm-hmm. The problem is the only group that has lobbyists for every state is NRA. Yeah. Like there was a there's a gun group here, the firearms, whatever in Tennessee that has really been working against. They've been working against constitutional carry. Right. The NRA wrote a bill. The NRA's footed the bill. They've showed up. We have a lobbyist here that goes to the Capitol Hill every day to ensure all Tennesseans, whether you're an NRA member or not, have the right to carry a handgun without a permit, without an undue process from the government, right? And it's our jobs as gun owners. Doesn't matter if we agree with Wayne LaPierre or not, but it's our job to help him in that fight, right? And if we're not helping, we're just saying, I'm not a member of the NRA because of Wayne. That doesn't help anybody, and it doesn't help for your or protect your gun rights. What that does is you're allowing the left to win because we all have to stand united. They don't just say, hey, we're going to fight the NRA. 
the left gets up every day to take and destroy your firearms, Mm -hmm. right? And right now, the only organization between us and a complete ban of firearms in this country is the NRA. And that's a fact, because if you don't have a federal lobbyist, you don't have a state lobbyist, you can't legally go lobby for bills. So some of these groups that everybody's like, I'm going to join this one, they don't have a registered lobbyist. Yeah. So you can't get stuff done. Because most people don't understand how our government works. And I think that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Changing the subject a little bit. Tell me about squirrel hunting. Can you use lead rounds to go squirrel hunting? <laughs> you, I think you can squirrel hunt anything. I don't know in all states. I know. Honestly. I'm kidding. I have no idea. I have, I, you know, every state's different. I don't think you can use lead rounds to hunt squirrels in California. Oh, no, you probably can't. You probably can't even hunt squirrels. Nothing even surprises me anymore when it comes to California. Right. Well, I mean, Colorado's next. I know. Would you ever have thought 15 years ago that they would have a magazine limit ban? No. The only fortunate thing about this is really nobody's implementing it. Police officers, I don't think that there's even to date, there's been a charge for somebody who bought or owned a magazine that exceeded 15 rounds. I think once it was an added charge onto other charges, but at least you could still go to the store up the street, the gun store and buy a 30 round magazine. So it hasn't been enforced as much, but you're right. 15 years ago, I'd never would have thought this and it just continues to get worse and worse. And I have a lot of friends now that are looking to move out of Colorado, which I disagree with because, okay, even if you move to these other States, You might buy yourself a few years, but I feel like the left is just trying to take over. They are. Here's the problem with Denver is there's probably more dope smokers than there are gun owners. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, um, so we're doing the, we're doing, and I know that you probably didn't like my tangent about the NRA, right? But that's, I feel like it's my duty to share. And I'm not, I think that people should absolutely be able to voice their opinion. I agree with a lot of the stuff that you said. I'm not going to go out and, get a new membership but i do think that you stated some valid points i think that at in our at like shot show or nra show like like if you come to nra show as a member of a company like you should and you're not a member you should have to wear a button that says i don't believe in gun rights because i'm not a member of the nra (laughs) i don't if we all if we all here's the thing if everybody that owned a gun joined and voted We've got gun owners that don't even vote for the president, man. Like any president, they don't vote. Mm-hmm. How can you be upset about something when you don't vote or participate? If everybody in Colorado that had an AR-15 wrote a letter to the governor and their state legislature every week and emailed them, they would get gun bans lifted. But they don't care. They're apathetic. Most people are apathetic and don't care enough to put any effort towards it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to put any effort towards it, at least support the people that do. So does that mean that you don't want to talk about squirrel hunting? No, we can talk love squirrel hunting. It's the best thing on the face of the earth. Uh, we've got a new thing called Semi-Pro Squirrel Hunter. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're squirrel hunting. It's it's great. Like nobody, We get to talk about hunting, right? We get to talk about uh, we're going to bring people on, and we do reviews of guns that are best for squirrel hunting, and uh, we're going to bring on guests and take them on squirrel hunts, right? And build and talk about politics and different companies. And it's kind of like a cross between a hunting show and a video podcast. Hmm. And what gave you the idea to start this? Nobody gets upset if you shoot a squirrel. That's true. I used to like squirrels until they started screwing with my garden. 
and biting the wires to my sprinkler system and tearing up my lawn, trying to bury whatever food. And yeah, right. I'm, I'm pretty much over it now. So it's a great it's it's a great way to advocate for hunting and being outdoors because people like, you know, we have cities that pay people to trap squirrels. Well, when they trap them, they don't take them and release them somewhere else. They kill them. Right. And they they chew people's wiring and they're kind of a nuisance. It's, mm-hmm. That's why they call it a tree rat. Yeah. And so it's a great way to advocate for the outdoors and get people outside and be like, you know, honestly, hunting is expensive, right? Like hunting in Colorado is expensive. Like if you're an out of stater and anybody can hunt squirrels, you could go hunt squirrels. Do you need a permit though, too? Some states you don't. And okay. in some states you just need a, your basic small game hunting license. So like in Tennessee, hunting a deer is, I don't know, like 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have your regular tags like 25, but you can hunt a squirrel with just your hunting and fishing license, right? And it's a great way to get people into the outdoors. Yeah. And you don't need a bunch of equipment, right? You don't need calls and camouflage. You just need a, you just need a, uh, you know, like a 22, like mm-hmm. grandpa's 22. You can squirrel hunt all day long. So they don't make calls for squirrels? They do. They do. Would you like to hear one? Yeah. They do. And I didn't know this, so I started trying to become a pro squirrel hunter, right? That's the name of our show. It's Semi-Pro Squirrel Hunter, because honestly, I'm not very good at it. It's a lot like fishing, and it's I'm not very good at it. Okay, tell me if you can hear this. This is a, a Hayden's Game Call DS85 Deluxe Squirrel Call, right? Can you hear that? I can. Yeah. I don't think that that would call squirrels. I feel like that would scare squirrels. And I've never seen a squirrel make that noise. I got to tell you, I've not called any up with it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, I was at the park and I used it and a squirrel did look at me. That's He kind of looked at me kind of funny. All right. Well, that's a win, I guess. Um. So, but we're, I think that it's supposed to be the barking noise. So if you go out in the woods and you hear a squirrel bark, I think that's trying to replicate the squirrel bark because they bark when they're happy and they bark to alert. Like if they give out a, a sig- an alert signal, they, they chirp and bark. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, you have you learned. ever squirrel hunted? No, I've never even gone hunting. Really? Yeah, actually, I was supposed to go on a trip before COVID happened and shoot alligators, which I was cool. My first kill is going to be an alligator. I'm going to shoot one in the face and then got canceled. So to date, I've not done any of that. Um, what You live in Colorado, though. There's so many opportunities. Well, yeah. And I also I like a lot of animals. It's really just the people that I don't like. So I don't know. I would feel bad. And I'm not against anybody who goes hunting whatsoever i just i think i would feel bad if i didn't kill it instantly and it suffered you would probably enjoy squirrel hunting yeah i would imagine that wherever you hit them they're gonna die instantly yeah so everybody should check out the semi-pro squirrel hunter on instagram all right and go wild (laughs) and we try to make it funny right like it's a little amusing you could see me trying to use a squirrel call which is which is slightly amusing yeah i saw that i thought it was pretty funny All right, moving forward, IWI. Here's the chance that you get to talk about your BFF, Jeremy and IWI. I know that you import a few hundred thousand original galils. 
Tell me about that. And what do you like yeah, most so about them? When we were at Century, uh, Century bought all these old Galil rifles and they brought the kits in, right? So it kind of talks about, you know, I was looking at show notes and it was talking about like, you were talking about the Sten guns and stuff mm-hmm. and people like building guns. So we brought rifles into the United States in a bonded warehouse. And per ATF restrictions, we had to chop up the receiver and the barrel, right? And then Century made a receiver called, that was styled after a Galil, and I think they named the rifle the Golani, right? And he uses it as a Galil style or a, that operating style rifle. And they rebuilt them into semi-automatics here in the United States. And it was the old style, like, you know, the, the Galil from the 70s, right? And they sold them here. And it was it was a really cool little project. And that was before uh, IWI started bringing the, the new Galil, which I have one. It's awesome. Uh, Jeremy sent me one, and it is a really, really fantastic rifle. And what do you like most about it? Um, it's got really good ergonomics, right? I really like the charging handle. It's really smooth. Uh, it takes standard mags. So the old, have you ever sh- shot the old Galil, like the one that's I haven't from no like the sixties and seventies? Um, it takes special mags, right? Uh, it was in you know the five five six one was kind of heavy. Um, the, you know, it had, it didn't have the best sights on it. It was milled. It was like a, it was like a nicer milled AK, right? And it had some, it had some stuff about it that not everybody loved. This rifle, the new Galil, what the, like IWS shipping now. Um, I mean, it's just, it's badass all the way around. Hmm. It's accurate. It takes standard magazines, right? So you don't have to have special mags. So mine's the 762 by 39 version. It just takes, you know, AK mags. It's nice. great. Yeah, uh, you, it's got a rail on top, so you can put a red dot on it. You can put a, a low power variable optic on top, um, and I like the cheap risers in the wing. I really like the whole setup. The folding yeah. stock's great. Um, I really like the gun I'll, all the way around. I think it's just a fantastic gun. Cool. Well, if you guys want to get accessories for your Galil or any other IWI products, head on over to IWI.us. Use the code GunFunny15, and that gets you fifteen percent off all accessories. Does Manicor make stuff for the... Yeah, Manicor has tons of stuff. That's why I was excited to have IWI as an advertiser because I feel like IWI Manicor, it's like bread and butter. So it makes... I also have a Masada pistol. Okay, yeah, I have one too. I actually, I really Um, like it. The sights I don't care for, but when I use the red dot, I mean, it's a legit gun and the price is great, especially for an optic-ready gun. It just, it shoots really well. I have not had any issues. So super reliable. I would say really I put the only thing. sights on mine. Okay, so actually I wanted to ask you that because I was looking into that to see if Night Vision made different sites and I didn't see it on the website. I did a search and it seemed there are YouTubers out there that have it. Is it one of those things where they're not carrying it or they're so just I think the thing is that the IWI uses Sig Sour style cuts and you just put six sites on it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So anybody that's got a Masada, you can order, you know, you can order the whoever site that you like. And if you call a customer, any company's customer service, they'll be able to tell you what height to order because everybody cuts their SIG sites a little differently, but they use SIG bases. So your same pistol is your 320 or your 226. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That answer is... Yeah, it's a really cool gun. I really enjoy mine. Yeah, I agree. I really like it. I think my next one's going to be a Tavor. I was thinking the same thing. Have you shot the TS-12? Is that the shotgun? Yeah. No, but I play with it every time I see Jeremy because he gets really annoyed because I always pick it up and just click it and like mess with <laughs> it and he gets really 
He gets really super annoyed because I'm always touching it. <laughs> That's funny. I'm actually, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm heading to the range tomorrow and I'm going to shoot that gun. It's already in my range bag. The TS-12? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Do you have one? Yes. It's you, a lot of fun. Have you, have you shot it? Yeah, I have. Well, it's funny because I typically shoot indoors and at the indoor range, I can only use slug or buckshot. And right. so, yeah, it definitely has a little bit of recoil. It definitely looks like the gun is making me its bitch versus the other way around. So that's why I keep shooting it because I'm going to dominate this gun. And I'm so focused on dominating this gun with buckshot or slug. Birdshot, I shoot really well with it. It's not a big deal. And it's it looks like it has quite a bit of recoil. It doesn't bother me. It's just, right. you know, I'm just trying to get it where I don't look like I'm backing up five feet every time I shoot it. <laughs> but it is a fun gun. And I don't know, it's definitely different because it has like the three tubes and then you press that little button that's within the trigger guard. And I don't know, it's a fun gun. I wouldn't use it for self-defense, which I've had people ask me. They're like, oh, should I do the KSG or the TS-12 for self-defense? I wouldn't use either for self-defense. I think it's more of a novelty gun, just something that you bring to the range and have fun with your friends with. But it's definitely one of those things that I wouldn't think twice about purchasing. Have you seen the new Century 12 from Blackwater? I have not. It's a new shotgun and it's badass. And it's mag fed and it's it's pretty slick. Huh. It's pretty slick. Yeah, you should. But hopefully at the next range day, you can that, that we all see each other. If we can ever travel and have fun again. You can, right. you can shoot it. It's really it's really cool. It's it's built from the ground up as like. It's one of the newer shotgun designs on the market, but it's built from the ground up as like a defensive shotgun. That nice. makes sense. Very cool. You're like, hmm, this is this is pretty cool. Yeah. There's a lot of cool guns out now. There is. You know, yeah. There's a, you know, IWI is doing a great job innovating and bringing cool stuff out. But, you know, with the proliferation of cheap CNC machines and CAD programming and 3D printers, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of cool stuff coming out. Like people have made cool stuff. Like yeah. we've had a huge resurgency in like cool guns. Yeah, I agree. And that puts me into the political segment. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Congressional bill to ban ghost gun machinery. And think about how stupid that sounds. Oh, I know. I think last week I covered how they're they're suing Palmer 80 because certain states it wasn't legal, blah, blah. Well, the same guy, what's his name, last name Machine, he now wants to introduce a bill to ban machines designed for the manufacturing of firearm frames or receivers. And the measure's titled Stop Home Manufacture of Ghost Guns Act 2020. It would ban ownership of what the bill terms a quote unquote firearms manufacturing device unless the tool is in the hands of a licensed manufacturer. It's very broadly written and it would not only ban machines like the ghost gunner, but normal milling machines and other tools. What's funny about this is in order to make a polymer 80 or even like the Sten guns and the Ludi SMGs. Most of those don't even require heavy machinery. If you have like a Dremel or even AK receivers, they could be made from shovels. It just, right. I, I mean, that's just how not stupid reco- it is. Not recommended. Yeah, not recommended. But <laughs> but if so, push came to shove and you had to create a gun, you could easily yeah. do it. Well, not easily, but you could do it from shovels. So it just shows how stupid these people are when they want to ban certain things because they think that that's going to take away from people creating their own guns at home, but it's not. 
it, and it's shown that all over the world, right? And I'm going to kind of, would you like my opinion on this or do you have? No, absolutely. So this is one of those bills that like most people don't understand, right? When you think about it, like our listeners do, because we're at the, what we would call the top of the pyramid. Have you ever seen the food pyramid? Do you remember mm-hmm. the food pyramids? I don't know how old you are, but I'm, I'm like 37, right? So yeah. if you look at the food pyramid, it's like the good stuff we all want is on top, mm-hmm. right? Or at least it used to be. I don't know what the hippies are trying to teach you now. Okay. The red meat and eggs, right? That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants the filet. So when we think about the cool stuff out here, like, you know, the Galils and the, the Tavors and the, the, the really cool SIG rifles with the braces on them and the $3,000 Zev pistols, right? That's the red meat and eggs. And for a hunter, that would be like the, you know, the $2,000 bow or the, you know, $60,000 side-by-side shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody stays focused on the top of the pyramid, the red meat and eggs, the cool stuff. Well, they're not trying to take my magazines or they're not trying to ban my AR-15. Well, I don't build guns, so this doesn't affect me, right? And it's just the same thing we gripe at the bird hunters about. The guy that, you know plenty of people in Colorado that are technically pro-gun. They own guns. They have a Smith & Wesson revolver. They have a 12-gauge shotgun for some kind of upland or skeet shooting. And they have a 7-millimeter Remington bolt action. They go elk Mm -hmm. hunting with one. And they don't need anything else. They don't want anything else. They're not against your guns, right? They don't, like, in theory, support a ban on Eh, AR-15s. Some of them do, though. Some of them do. But this... This doesn't affect them, right? And so what the left's doing is they throw all this stuff against the wall. Like, and we look at this, we're like, man, this is crazy. And they spend hundreds of thousands of taxpayer dollars crafting this. They throw it in against the wall, and out of the 20 things on this bill, if one of them stick, they found one other way to limit your gun rights. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, what they really want to do and what the, the basis of all gun control, every elected Democrat, to get money, they have to believe in gun control. So you cannot, as a gun owner and as an American, vote for or in any way support a Democrat. Because to get money from the Democrat Party, you have to sign up. You have to be pro this and pro that. They're not like Republicans where we allow kind of people to make their own choices. The Democrats, to get money from the DNC, you have to support gun control. And banning assault rifles, that's in their like paperwork, their mm-hmm. kind of contract, right? So what they do is to try to get around that everybody rises up, you're trying to take my AR-15. Then they make stuff like this, right? And what they're looking, they're looking to see what they can get stick, what they can stick against the wall. And that's what they're going to focus on, another way to oppress us. But these bills go back to kind of the NRA thing. Because what we focus on is the red meat and potatoes. That's what right. I was, I was going to joke with you. I was, yep, top of the pyramid, right. NRA. But then I was like, eh, it's a, it's a touchy subject. Where was this at? Yeah, it's, a, it's Congress. The bill sponsor, who's Jamie Racine, he's the House Democrat in Maryland. Is this, is, he, is this a Maryland bill or a federal bill? So either way, right? So who's ever assigned to that guy? Now the, the lobbyists, so Fire and Policy Center's people, GOA's people, and NRA's people, they're taking all their time 
because this encompasses so much, mm -hmm. right? If you think about it, they could ban AR-15 wrenches. They could ban the, what they're really looking to do is ban the sale of barrels and uppers. Mm -hmm. It's just they're like the bump for, stock ban. Nobody really right, cares about bump stocks, but it could, you know, pass on to other items as well. They're looking for a way to ban you being able to order a barrel in the mail. Because the barrel, on a gun, the barrel's a hard part to make. Mm -hmm. So now, because of that, think how many dollars and hours the NRA and GOA and FPC and Second Amendment Foundation, their employees literally have to go to work and focus on this. They have to focus on this bill. This is a real bill. It could have implications that we have no idea where it could lie. And it's kind of like the health care bill. We don't know what's in it. We're just going to pass it, and then we're going to enforce it. Mm -hmm. So now all the gun control dollars, all of the lobbyists and the lawyers have to focus on this crap. So they can't be focused on, so this month, they can't be focused on bump stocks or AR-15s. They got to be focused because what if you, what if no gun owner in America could order a barrel in the mail? What if they had to be serialized and you would go through an FFL background check to buy a barrel like yeah. you do in some countries? So now everybody's focused on this crap and they're, st they're taking our time and dollars. Yeah. And they just don't want you to be able to make a gun at home. Mm -hmm. But most people, until the, with the advent of 3D printers, right, the whole gun control thing has, has went to shit. Clamping down on milling machines that make it virtually effortless to create an arsenal of untraceable weapons from a basement garage. Mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy. I know. I know it really is. Well, they already went through that lawsuit because that guy published those plans for that pistol. Mm-hmm. I know. What a time to be alive, right? Oh, it's terrible. I know. The, the flourishing traffic in technology which manufactures them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, moving forward, Sharps Bros. Are you familiar with Sharps Bros? Yeah, okay. also make really cool stuff. Yeah, they do. Their lowers are awesome. Definitely sets your gun apart from everything else out there. I still want to build an AR with the jack lower and have Blown Deadline do some crazy Cerakote job. If you go to sharpsbros.com, you can find they list places that you can buy these lowers. I think it's like Brownells, Rainier Arms, stuff like that. Definitely check them out. And now it's time for the Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, I recently went to the range and saw a woman shooting in high heels. What are your thoughts on this? I would typically cringe. Okay, that's great. But honestly, the more I thought about this, I think that if anything, I think it's sometimes ridiculous to train in your tactical stuff, your 5'11 pants, you have your bell, all the magazines. I think it's important to train with what you wear every day. So if you typically wear high heels regularly, it's probably a good idea to shoot in heels every now and then. I personally, if I saw a girl wearing high heels shooting at the range, I don't think that I would really, I think I'd be okay with it. I don't know. Jacob, what do you think? Is that a real question? It's a real question. Why, I don't understand why anybody else has an opinion about how somebody shoots, as long as they're safe. <laughs> well, high heels, though, <laughs> it depends, I think, how much experience they have. But high heels, it obviously limits your balance. So that could be 
unsafe to a degree. I mean, if you if you wear high heels every day, right, and you may have to whip out a piece and smoke a dude, then you should probably shoot your gun in your high heels to see how it's going to work out. Yeah. Maybe that will lead that person to making a different shoe choice. Mm-hmm. It could right? be, yeah. Like, like people have been mad at me because I show up at the range and like I've taken classes in like shorts and sandals before, and I'm like, this is how I dress all the time. <laughs> like I can outshoot, I can outshoot you in my flip flops and my short shorts here. So like, what you all your all your doodads you got on don't really help you shoot better. Yeah, I'm wearing flip flops today because I don't want that ugly ankle tan line from my sneakers and socks. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Yeah, I get my, it. You know, like your eight inch combat boots with your your long five eleven shorts. Like, yeah. Like. Let people shoot how they want to shoot. If somebody wants to shoot in high heels and that's how they walk around, good for them. I wouldn't shoot in high heels because I don't like, you know, in a indoor range, the brass flying everywhere and I always, I always get burnt. Yeah. But like, I don't wear a lot of high heels in general. So it's not really, I don't think the question pertains to me. Yeah. Well, I still, <laughs> when I lived in New York City, I used to live in high heels. But now that I've changed I lived professions, in New York City for a year. Did you really? What did yeah, you do there? Okay. I well, I worked at night vision. I was I was living with somebody up there, and you know, and it, man, it was just the worst place on earth. <laughs> My, New York City may be the absolute worst place on the face of the earth. Yeah, I can think of nowhere I would rather not be. I honestly, some days I do miss it. I was there when I was going to college, and then I lived there for like eight years. But I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I don't know. It's definitely one of those things where I don't think there's any other place on earth. And if anything, I was telling somebody else recently that if I were to live in another city, I feel like New York kind of jaded me to an extent because New York really is set up really well as far as public transportation. Any other city has nothing like it. And even when I went to San Francisco, I was, where's the public transportation? Because you're obviously not going to own a car in a city. And you constantly have to find parking spots for it or pay 500 plus dollars for a parking spot. But there's not, as far as public transportation, it sucked. It sucks in every city other than New York City. I do miss the food. I miss my friends. And I don't know. There are a few things that I miss. With age, the older I get, the more just buying a cabin in the middle of nowhere sounds best. But I wouldn't say that I hated it and it would be the worst place. I can't think of one positive thing about the whole place. Did you like it the food? A, it, uh, no, I didn't like going out because I had to eat in a room with a bunch of Democrats. <laughs> like, I can't. Listen, it is a, it is oppressive. It is a violator of civil rights yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Like, right? You cannot carry a gun. That mm-hmm. makes it not a good place. Yeah. Uh, they elected B- Bloomberg, one of the most heinous violators and oppressors of human rights. Meaning, yeah. he's trying to take my gun rights away. I mean, he won't even let you drink a soda of a certain size. Right. Like, it's a, it's a, it's not a real place. And I feel like people that are from there have really no concept of how the rest of the country works. Right. Like, I would tell people where I was from and they would just look at me like I was, like I wasn't a real, and they would like kind of, they're kind of arrogant about it. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I didn't enjoy it. I lived there a year and can only imagine that's what prison is like. I didn't want to go out. I don't want to interact. Like, I didn't find anything positive about the entire place. It was literally, literally, I felt safer in foreign countries. I think, well, when I lived there, I wasn't into guns. I hadn't even shot a gun. And so I think going back now with what I know and my experience, it would be a lot different. But at that time, figure I was just sort of young, dumb, oblivious to real world problems. But I can understand exactly where you're coming from. 
Well, I don't think you can be a responsible adult if you don't carry a gun, right? Because you're saying, I don't care enough about my safety or the safety of my family to carry a firearm, Mm -hmm. especially a man. So in New York City, you've got all these people that are irresponsible. They don't they don't carry a gun, and they're depending on the state to coddle them, take care of them, transport them, get them food. And that's just that's a society which I don't think is a good place to live, nor anything we should ever strive to be like. We should look at New York City as the place the rest of the country goes to look at what we don't want to become. <laughs> we don't want to be like these people. We don't want to emulate this in any way. And people that want to live like that, go for it. Make your own country. Leave us alone. Yeah. If I never have to go back, it'll be the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Well, I haven't been back. I don't in like go seven to. Years. I don't go to Chicago either. I don't. You know. Well, I Chicago though, because- the gun laws in Chicago are a little bit better though than in New York. They, but they still have gun laws, and they have it's a yeah. it's a Democrat ruled city, so it it's is. not. I don't go places and spend money where I'm not wanted. Yeah. Right. So I really try to work on that. Like I don't have Nike shoes in my house. Right. Like they're anti-gun. I don't wear Levi's. They're anti-gun. Like I put my money where my mouth is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, sometimes we can't avoid it. Right. Or someone's not pro-gun, but I don't openly like I wouldn't take a vacation to Chicago to spend tourism dollars in a city that's constantly suing the groups I believe in. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you got to put you got to start making decisions based on like, hey, if I really believe in this, I'm going to make sacrifices. I don't if I've got two choices on fly through Dallas or fly through Chicago, I always go through Dallas because mm-hmm. that's one less tax dollar going to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Maybe that's a little more hardcore than what most people are, but it does make sense, though. They so. do it to us. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting. You didn't. When did you start shooting? Eight years ago. Really? Yeah. You didn't grow up shooting? No, I grew up around guns, but I just never really cared for them. Interesting. Yeah. And what made that change? My mom was a firearms instructor. It's funny because my parents, they owned a gun store, a gun range. So I grew up around it. It was just, I don't know, it was just really girly. And I kind of felt like only rednecks were into guns, which is stupid because obviously my parents weren't rednecks, but I just had like- I'm a redneck. Yeah. Totally. I'm like, I'm the last redneck in Nashville. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't know. I just, so I know you're laughing, but I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> right, right. Like, because you are pretty redneck. Yeah, I'm proud of it. And that was the first thing that I gathered, I think, the first time that I met you. But I'm well read. I'm a well read redneck. Yeah. Yeah. Is your dog playing with a squeaky toy? No, or I'm just kind of saying if you could pick up the squirrel call. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Speaking of redneck thing. Um, what? Well, that's interesting. And you just, then you decided to shoot. Your mm-hmm. parents shot, but you didn't take to it. Huh. Yeah. So I always ask this on my podcast. What book are you currently reading? I'm reading a book called White Oleander. Like the movie? Yeah, but the book is so much better than the movie. Really? As, as you would imagine. What are you currently reading? Uh, I'm working on The Best of Sheep Hunting, right? Which is a book about, obviously, sheep hunting. And um, I just started The Gathering Storm by Winston Churchill. Hmm. And, and, and I've been working through The Fall and Decline of the Roman Empire, which is a really, really long book. Yeah. You have to really be into it. 
but no, I try, I read a couple books at a time. I always ask what somebody's reading. Yeah. It's one of those things I've been so busy within the last month and a half that I haven't really had much time, but I do. It was kind of nice actually during the whole stay at home thing, because then I could just catch up on books and things that I haven't had time to do, which I fly a lot. So that's where I read. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I fly a lot. So that's how I read. Polymer 80. I know Polymer 80 is one of your favorite companies. I think actually that's how I met you was Alex introduced me to you. He's great. Yeah. We've been, I've been working, you know, Alex is awesome. And actually Polymer 80 is a a client of strike group now. So that Mm -hmm. works out really well. So I get to work with those guys on a, on a, a regular basis and really get involved with them and, and hang out with them. And really, I'm just really super excited about that. Yeah. Since you work with them. a really cool product. Like what? Go ahead and let's see your marketing at work. So they have just released a complete pistol, right? So I don't know if you're aware, but Polymer 80 has just dropped a complete serialized, completed handgun that you buy at the gun store. I have one. You have one? Do you have one? Did they get you an early one? Let me see if I can find. I don't think I've got it. They just started shipping. They were at TriggerCon last year. They had completed guns. They hadn't started shipping. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, yeah, then I must have, I got one a few months after that. So I've I'm had one for a while. Them. I'm like pulling guns out of the, just out of the, <laughs> out of the hole here. I guess you can hear me. So, um, you know, they just started shipping these in the past three weeks. So they've made shipments to Davidson's and Sports South and a few gun stores that had them on order. So that's the newest and hottest, hottest thing that they've done. You know, they've got some really cool products, but kind of what the, the deal with the, the whole pistol was, and and have you have you shot it? Do you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let me the uh, the PFC nine and the PFS nine, right? And a couple other things about it is a lot of people just don't want to make a gun themselves, right? Yeah. Like the Palmer eighty frame offers a lot of benefits, even their eighty percenters. Mm-hmm. It offers a lot of benefits, right? It's got the nineteen eleven grip angle. It's got the extended beaver tail in the back. You know, it's got the undercut trigger guard and the texturing. A lot of people really like that grip, yeah. that frame, yeah. right? But a lot of people just don't want to make something. It's not for everybody. Like making, being a hobbyist and making a firearm yourself is not something that everybody's into. As much as we think it's cool, it's, you know, it's a lot of people don't do that or they yeah. don't have the tools or they don't want to buy the tools, right? Or they're so, paranoid to have a gun that's not serialized. Or whatever, or they live in a state that they can't, they can't yeah. make one or whatever. So, you know, knowing of the popularity of the Palmer 80 frame and then the other parts that they put out to support that, uh, the guys were just like, Hey, we're going to have a, we're going to make a complete pistol. And it gives you, you can go in a store and you can buy it. It comes in a box. It comes just like any other handgun, but you get all the upgrades, right? That people would normally buy another pistol and have done the stippling, the angle, the beaver tail. You can buy that in a box from Palmer 80 completed for like $550. It's amazing. That pistol you have is literally like $550. Mm -hmm. And it's well-made. It has some really nice parts on it. And it has some really cool features. So if you add up, like if you think if you bought X pistol and sent it to a customizer, right? How much you're going to spend just having all that stuff done. Yeah, probably at least a thousand. Yeah, I mean, it's a great value. It's a great looking gun. 
And I, you know, we use them. I've started using them in classes, started shooting with them. I met those guys and really enjoyed it because I prefer that grip angle, right? Like I know in theory you're supposed to be able to shoot anything. It's all about side alignment and finger press, right? Like that's the spill we all get. But some people, you know, you do shoot better when a gun fits your hand better. Absolutely. Totally agree. And this, for me, for me, and I can't, it's not one size fit all. For me and my hand, the P80 pistol is amazing. I shoot better with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it may be a little bit, of, you know, I like it better. So yeah. I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed like getting to know those guys a lot better. Yeah. Their whole crew is awesome. Definitely. So guys, go ahead and check it out. Polymer80.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY and that gets you 15% off. And now it's time back for Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. The Cool Fire Trainer, it's not new per se, but for the longest time, they only made it for Glocks. And now they're definitely branching off. They have them for HKs, CZs, Smith & Wessons, Berettas, Walters, a bunch of different stuff. And they even recently just made one for the Canic, the TP9 SFX, which is the long slide competition model. What's great about this is if you are practicing at home, doing some dry fire laser training, you can use your exact same gun. So I know they have the CERT pistols and stuff where you can practice on. But it's always better to obviously practice on your gun. And these things, what's great about it is it has a little bit of recoil, obviously not the same recoil that you would when you're on the range with live fire, but it does have some recoil. It uses CO2 to reciprocate the slide, which gives you some feel and it automatically cycles the action. So if you're dry firing, you don't have to keep resetting that trigger. The only thing that I would say I don't love about this is the price. The price starts at $285 and it goes up depending on the laser and the charging station options and stuff like that. But if you think about it, if you were to buy a, uh, an air gun or something, I mean, some of these air guns are pretty pricey nowadays. And so I would say that this would probably be a better alternative than buying the air gun of your model of pistol because the BBs are, if you practice at home, have you ever shot an air gun at your house with the little BBs? Like an airsoft gun? Yeah. Yeah, I used to shoot one at Jeremy. So <laughs> so they have quite <laughs> a bit of power behind it, and I've shot them indoors, and yeah, they like to leave little half circles in your wall, and over a while, like, okay, I'm not going to shoot this indoors. <laughs> so I would definitely recommend the Cool Fire Trainer for that as well, because it's not going to shoot BBs everywhere. I, I have a couple of questions. What? One, is there a gun funny discount code there isn't 15 percent off they should get on that because they're they're really messing up the traction here the, and gun funny for 15 percent off well when it comes to tacti talk i just pick different companies or if somebody just released something new so they don't even know that i'm talking about this but maybe when the show comes out they'll put a discount code or something underneath the post on social media who knows we'll see i i had never heard about this until you sent me the show notes and it looks super, super cool. It does. It looks pretty legit. You got one? No, I tried them at SHOT Show a few years back, and I was pretty impressed with it. But at that point, like I said, they only had it for the Glock 17 and the 19. So I'm a little confused. Like, 
can I use, you can use your Mantis. I'm on their website. Oh now, yeah. Right? Obviously that's what I, so I've got a Mantis X system mm-hmm. and if I think this is just super cool, but like you said, like it's a little pricey. It is. I mean, what's the, have you got one? No, I don't. I told you that. Oh, I wasn't listening. I was looking <laughs> at their website. Um, yeah. So for a, for a Glock, right? Like for a P or P80, I mean, you're looking at the accessories to add a laser. So that's what I'm confused about the laser. Yeah. Like you, you add a laser and you add a, I don't know. They're, they need some help on their website. Yeah. So I was looking at their, I was looking at their website last night and I was, all right, their website kind of sucks. It's not that user friendly. And even as far as all the accessories that you need, it's also a little unclear. So, yeah. Well, the CFT demo, they've got a really cool demo video with Eric Fusen. Fusen? Fusen? He looks like a really good pro trainer, but um, it shows him shooting it, but it doesn't show. I just don't know how it works. I don't really know how. I want to know how it works. Like, I want to know how it works with my Mantis. Maybe there's stuff on their social media. It's not on their website, but it is super cool. (laughs) Like, if if you just pick this out of the hat, you've actually, this is probably the first podcast i've ever done where somebody wanted to talk about a product that i'm like man that's really cool well thanks i'll take that as a compliment it was it was men as one i've been on a lot of podcasts and um not all of them they're like hey have you seen this this special ammunition that's gonna and you're like revolutionize yeah 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 um do you do you have a manis x system i do i love mine yeah i think that they're great that was definitely a, a really great invention that they did. Actually, a lot of my patrons too, because they gave me a coupon code. I think it only lasts a week, but I shared it with my patrons. And so a lot of us, we all got the same one and we'll post our results in that group. Oh, really? That's mm-hmm. super cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's a super cool, that's super cool way to do it. I met Alpha. They're like VP of sales. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sent me one and it is like, we love ours. During the quarantine, my neighbor's a... Uh, an ODA guy. He's like a real deal, like Green Beret, right? Super cool guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hung our targets here in the apartment and we're, you know, playing with our Manus X system out of boredom. It was really, it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah, it was perfect during the whole stay at home order. I agree. For sure. All right, moving forward, Trigger Brew. They make awesome coffee, jerky, but also energy drinks. But I know that sometimes if you're on the go, you don't always have time to just sip on an energy drink. That's when I would recommend try the energy shots so you can transport them easily. They don't take up much space and you can chug them quickly on the website. There's four of them for 16 bucks. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY, you'll get 20% off. And that is at triggerbrew.com. And now it's time for the AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as never mind. AF. A Turkish paragliding instructor rigged up a couch in a TV so that he could be a quote unquote couch potato hundreds of feet in the air. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. It's like Hassan Kaval. He's 29 of Izmir and he created a miniature living room complete with a couch, a lamp and a TV set and rig harness to take on paragliding off of, I think it's the Babadag Air Sports and Recreational Center. 
Anyways, he did not get hurt doing this. He basically just did it probably for the gram, I'm guessing. But he said he did it just to show how easy and safe of a sport paragliding is. And you can find a video of that in the link that I post in the show notes. But I don't know. Have you ever done paragliding? No. Do I look like a paraglider? I'm like 6'4", 260. I don't think think that's made for me. But maybe now that they have the couch potato edition, it might be something that you might want to consider. I'm watching this guy. (laughs) Like, I'm like, my, did you watch it? Yeah. Like, the problem is, like, he, I mean, he's just chilling, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, you know, I get it. I get the, the thought, but like, you know, normally you're like strapped in. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is when accidents happen. They literally, they do it just to make news or like I said, do it for social media. But this is typically when accidents happen. It looks like he's really comfy. Yeah. And calm. Like I'm, like I'm watching it. He's checking his phone. He's changing channel. On the oh, he even he brought some snacks it. too. Oh, did, oh, he did. He yeah. did bring some snacks. Yeah. But my thing is like, I wonder if they got him like strapped in where you can't see it. They have to, right? Because you would just think that with gravity, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, he is a professional, so maybe he doesn't need the straps like everyone and else. And other countries don't have a lot of safety rules. That's true. That is right. true. Yeah. So, yeah, that's also a thing. Yeah. So you, know, you can do stuff other places that you can't do here. Yeah. So here I think I'm living my best life. And then I see this video and I'm wow, what am I doing? Yeah. I got to step well, it up a little bit. Have you been paragliding? Are no. You a paraglider? No. Okay. And I'm kind of afraid of heights. I, and I, I'm definitely afraid of heights. I have no kind of to it. And I also hate to say it, but the older I get, the more I see how things could go wrong easily. Whereas when I'm young, I don't think about that. But now that I'm older, that's the first thing that I think about is what can go wrong. And so. I still think you're pretty young. Um, I'm actually 34. Really? Yeah. Man, that makes me feel like I've aged really hard. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because my girlfriend and I, we went to high school together. And so we're looking at all these people that we went to school together. I can't believe, I mean, especially guys. Guys have just, they look like they're in their 40s. And then a lot of these women, their faces look okay, but they all gained a lot of weight. And I don't know. I think, honestly, it probably helps that I don't have kids. Probably keeps me young as well. But I'm actually turning 34 on the 22nd of this month. So I'm not 34 just yet, but I can't help but think you kind of stress out a little bit. Man, I'm getting older and I've definitely gotten to the point where, yep, got to wear sunscreen, got to try to preserve that youth. And I don't know. But then I think, well, you know, I'm actually not doing bad for 34 and just a number. And I don't know. My girlfriend's always trying to get me to put like the mask on and I just feel like you should do it. I just, you know, I'm just going to age out. I'm a 70 year old man living in a. 30-year-old man's body, and I'm kind of grouchy, and I've just embraced my... I couldn't even tell that you were grouchy. No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Especially when you mentioned the NRA. (laughs) Oh, man. I get so sick of hearing it. Like, people... Listen. It's once again, if you're not a member, right? Oh, my God. I think I'm just going to become a member, so you just shut up. I'm definitely going to call you out. (laughs) All right. Moving forward, Trirec Systems. They make some awesome Tri-11s. It's the equivalent of a 1911 double stack. They're well-made. They're beautiful. And if you look at similar pistols or competitors, they are a lot less and the quality is a lot better. So check it out, TriarchSystems.com. Use the code AVA, A-V-A, and you will get 5% off. 
Now it's time for iTunes reviews. First review is Carl500Mag, five stars, Dissidently Armed. Great episode with Dissident Arms. They really got me excited about a new shotgun and switching to open class for three gun. Political AF is a great addition to the show for keeping us informed. My favorite podcast just keeps getting better. Second is 22 Cheapster, five stars, awesome show, great information, good advice, and awesome guests. Listen to the show for a few years now. So fun to listen to how Ava and the show has grown. Love how every guest is comfortable and feels so free to talk about what they do. Yeah, maybe some of us a little truth, really, <clears throat> Jacob. It's more of a conversation than an interview. Loving the political AF segment as well. Followed Ava's advice on one of her older shows and finally got some kick a training from Brittany, owner of Point Firearms Training. Wanted to shout her out. All right. So out of those two, who would you pick to win a prize pack? Come on, Jacob. It's not that hard. One or I'm, two. I'm, it is hard. It is hard. Um. The show's like already gone well over its limit. If you could just kind of pick okay, up the pace a little cheapster. bit. 22 Cheapster. <sighs> okay. Do I need to get, do you need, because he admitted to getting training. Good for him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And now it's time to wrap up. So guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. If you want to support the show, consider becoming a patron. You could do so at patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. Blown Deadline is also giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron each month. And I want to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, and Daniel Treadwell. And King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool operator tickles once and she will bite you. And Jacob, I'd like to say it's been a pleasure. No, it has been. And and I honestly, I think everyone should be able to express their opinion. And even if it goes against mine, I have no problem with that because I think that that's the problem nowadays is people just aren't willing to have those conversations if it's in a disagreement. And I think you prove some very valid points. Seems like you're definitely keeping busy within the industry. If you could just tell listeners where they can find you on the interwebs or if they want to follow your squirrel hunting adventures, where can they do that? It is, you can follow us at Semi-Pro Squirrel Hunter, right, on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, Semi-Pro Squirrel Hunter, and we are on Go Wild, the Go Wild app. And if you're an outdoorsman, if you're a shooter, if you're a hunter, you should be on Go Wild. Ava, you should be on Go Wild, too, because they're friendly to us. They like us. They like hunters. Hmm. And then my personal Instagram is rjacobherman. Uh, you can see my rants there, my political views which are just to the right of Attila the Hun and you know it's a great way to contact me I do business with people all over the world through DMs so if you we've got some business to do to do together then feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram at rjacobherman at gmail.com or you are also welcome to tell me how you disagree with me and you think I'm an asshole yeah I think that that would be kind of cool if they just you know headed on over to your Instagram harassed you a little bit but that's just my thoughts I would also like to shout out to one of your Patreon sponsors, Mike Pappas. Oh, nice. It's Elliot and Mike Pappas. I don't know Elliot. Yeah, well, apparently they have something going on because they decided to become a Patreon together, if you know what I'm saying. Now, is this Mike Is this Mike from Dead Air Mike? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he is one of my favorite people. And he's I pretty he funny. Is. I have so much love in my heart for him. Yeah, he's a good guy. 
special shout out to him. He's my he's my buddy. <laughs> All right, Jacob. On that note, we are finally out of here. Thank you for having me, Ava. Absolutely. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.